what's going on everyone and welcome to another episode of the art of visuals podcast my name is prince and i am your host and today's guest is corbin scott he is a youtuber based out of boise idaho he's actually my neighbor he lives Howdy right neighbor. across the street from me and he's got a really awesome story a really awesome channel and we're here to talk with him today about building a successful career on youtube corbin welcome to the show yeah thanks for having me hopefully i can live up to all your amazing guests that are inspiring (laughs) you're gonna live up all right Um, yeah so i don't know about successful channel i mean i should backtrack it's more like what is success to each person right so i mean youtube is a crazy crazy world and you can get tons of different stuff from it or whatever you want out of it Basically, Kelsey, my wife, so our channel is Kelsey and Corbin. We recently just switched it from the Wander family. Um, We wanted a way to document our lives at first. So I'll just jump to the beginning on why we started. So we wanted to travel. We had a Euro trip planned, and I was actually going to propose. And so I was like, how am I going to have a camera out to film the proposal (laughs) and her not be suspicious, you know, if I'm setting up a camera over on a tripod and we're at a beautiful place. So I was like, well, let's just start a YouTube channel. We want to document this trip anyway. So I go to Kelsey. We've always wanted to start a YouTube channel probably Mm -hmm. for a year or so before that. So I was like, hey, let's start a YouTube channel. Let's go to Europe and like do travel vlogs, you know. So we traveled. It was great. And then the moment came to propose, set up the camera. It was awesome. We actually had someone else hold the camera and this person didn't understand English. We were in Florence, Italy. <laughs> and, I, and I said, just hold the camera like this. It's already recording. Just record the proposal. And she goes, okay, okay, okay. And then um, I get down on one knee and she hits the shutter button and it stops the recording. And so we have a great picture of me <laughs> proposing, but we don't have the video. Uh, but anyway, that's that's how our channel started. And then we just did travel vlogs throughout Europe and um through like collaborations with friends and just the channel just kept growing and growing and kind of had different seasons because we went from travel to um getting pregnant well I guess we lived in a van and traveled North America and went all around Canada and all the way to the east coast and that was really fun and built out a van did the whole van life I would say um couple years ago this was before this is when like van life was only on instagram i feel like Um, no one really vlogged van life yet at this point and so i was like oh let's let's give them videos let's do video i don't even think instagram did videos at this point um so we did vlogs on youtube of van life and people really liked watching like the van build and uh just traveling in our van all around and then um it eventually on that trip we found out we were pregnant (laughs) so that's what happens when two people live in a van um (laughs) just kind of changed the trip a little bit so we ended that trip and then the whole channel just started turning into more of like a family vlog kind of just documenting kelsey's pregnancy and our daughter's like first year of her life and that totally changed our channel again so it's youtube is very um especially if you have a channel like ours it's it's comes in seasons kind of like a tv show you know there's different seasons of your life and different seasons of a tv show quote unquote um Mm -hmm. and that's it it's kind of there's also i mean changes with like the algorithm and what youtube wants to see on there so it's it's a lot it's a whole it's a whole world separate from instagram which has its pros and cons but 
it's right. it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's such an interesting world, and I'm I'm super excited to have you here. I'm excited to, to go deeper into this world and to explore and <clears throat> to learn and share more with our audience today. Yeah. Uh, so earlier by successful, I meant you are successful. Like you and your wife just bought your first home. You guys live across the street from me. You live in a nice neighborhood. You guys have a nice yard, and that's all through YouTube money. And so yeah. like I'm. I think anyone that can more or less create a dream job for themselves is is definitely successful. I don't measure success by, you know, how many Lambos you got in the right. <laughs> Five. <laughs> Although he's got seven. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no, totally. I would I would say Kelsey and I have sat down and said, Yeah, we feel successful. You know, we, we built up a business because it, it is a business. It's our family business. And we built up a brand and a business from nothing. You know, we it was thin air, it was an idea and then it formulated into this amazing thing that's sustaining our family and we may not be the biggest youtube channel or making the most money but it's working for us and it's sustaining our family and that is success to us is we can provide for our family and take care of our children and run a business and that is successful um before we get into the i'm I'm just curious real quick i notice i don't know why people do this i think it's like a social media thing i never compare my business with like another media company, but it's easy for social media influencers, whether it be YouTubers or Instagrammers to come like, like you just said it, we're not, we're successful, but we're not the most successful. Like we're less like a pizza. Like if you asked a pizza restaurant owner, they wouldn't be like, we're successful. We're not the most successful. Right. Right. right, right. right. Cause no one cares. And so exactly. It's a weird, it's a weird thing that I, I feel like maybe because the space feels small sometimes, depending on the higher up you go in the space, which you guys are obviously like at the upper echelon of like YouTubers, the smaller it gets. And I guess it can feel a little competitive when it's like, yeah, you guys are successful in doing well. But then, yes, you have mega, mega YouTubers that are legitimately bringing in millions of dollars a month. Right. Yeah. No, totally. And I would say... We're not really we we try not to compare ourselves to other YouTubers. Um, maybe there are some out there that compare. I don't know, but we always try to compare ourselves to the channel we were last year. Right. You know, we just try to keep building on becoming more successful in our own definition. We don't like look at another YouTuber and we're like, oh, we need to compete with them. Oh, they're getting this many views a month. You know, we don't take channels that are kind of in the same subscriber bracket and try to compete. It's more, if anything for us, it's more, Hey, let's reach out to them and let's see if we can help each other. You know, we've done collabs with people and we're in the same subscriber bracket and gives them a boost, gives us a boost, you know? So I would say that we more compare ourselves to our past selves and try to collab with other social media influencers. You call those boost Boost collabs? Boost collabs, yeah. You guys guys want to boost me? (laughs) It also just, I mean, helps you make friends. So working in social media, it can be kind of isolating. I'm sure you know is like if you have a channel and you're a creator and we're stay at home, you know, we're working from home, um, you don't really get to talk and interact with people that much as much as you would like if you're in a big office, you know. You can say it's lonely. I'm lonely. (laughs) No, but it's like. (laughs) It collabs offer a way to find friends that are kind of working in your office, digital office, and you get to like talk uh, to them about stuff that 
maybe in a lot of other people don't get to see behind the scenes. You know, you guys have experienced it. And so it builds those relationships. Oh yeah. No, those relationships are very necessary. Yeah. <clears throat> like you, I've, I've experienced very lonely times where I'm just like, dude, I'm just, it's just me and my computer like all the time. <laughs> right. What, for like days on end <laughs> editing or something, you know, it's, it's gets lonely. <laughs> yeah. It's a little weird. I remember at one point I was just like, I don't even know. I don't even know how to be a normal human. Right now. Like, yeah. Like, I'm so lost in the world. I just feel like I'm just always yeah. creating. Espe- just- especially living in the van when we were doing the van life, it got, cause you're going to a different place, you know, almost every single day or you're out in the middle of the wilderness and you don't see people for like a week at a time. And you're just like, whoa, like <laughs> I need like some human interaction. And yeah, it's me and Kelsey, like we're together. Thank God. Right. But it's like, okay, we need to like, just go and have a beer at a bar and just interact with humans. Cause we're lonely. <laughs> let's, let's dive into the story. So where did this all start? I want to know the path, uh, from the beginning to where you guys are today. So at what point, so obviously you guys went on this trip, mm-hmm. you proposed, you decided to launch this YouTube channel. Um, you guys still working jobs? Like how? Like- yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. So that's a good point. So this didn't happen like overnight, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, put up a first video. Sweet. We're YouTubers. We're living off YouTube. It, so it was, was that a, process. Like, yeah, it was a very long, so we, um, started the channel. I would say we had our channel for probably, I would say two years where it was just a hobby, you know, just throwing up videos and then, and I was actually, so I, I went to school for uh, broadcast journalism and video production, and I was working in news uh, out in Oregon. I was in Southern Oregon, and I was a news producer, um, and I was the one that would, like, write the show and put the show together and write the words that the anchors say on the teleprompter, and that was basically what I did for three years. That's a cool job. Yeah, it, it was, I loved it. It was, it was awesome. It was a lot of adrenaline, you know, breaking news, and it just was not family oriented. So Mm -hmm. I would be gone for uh, eventually I got promoted to like senior producer and I would be basically running the newsroom, sending crews out on breaking news and news never stops. You know, there could be something overnight and it's like, okay, I got to get a crew out there. But I was gone probably 12 hours, 12, 12 plus, you know, from my wife and something, something had to change. She was like, this isn't working. Like I'd never even see you. Like you come home and sleep and then you're gone early the next day. So eventually I was like, okay, well let me just like, maybe if I work harder and like get up the ranks, I'll have more time, you know? So then we made it up to Portland, which is a bigger TV market. And I was working up there and all, all the while, like we're still doing our YouTube channel, like while we're doing this. So it was crazy there for a little bit. Like we, we started daily vlogging, which is where you put a vlog up every single day. And we eventually had to stop because it was like, I couldn't work 12 hour days plus do a video every single day. And it was just getting insane. So, um, went up to hustle. Like that's, it's yeah you were definitely getting after it right and that's the thing with youtube it's a lot of work you'll hear i mean i'm sure maybe a lot of you have heard about youtube burnout or even just social media burnout it's it's a real thing because in order to kind of grow your channel i I shouldn't say in order to but sometimes you just gotta hustle you know and it's just work 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 constantly on your channel and whatever media platform you're on but anyway so made it up to portland um was going great there I actually cut back down to part-time in news because at this point, let me try to remember. I think at this point we were, my wife had said, hey, do you want to like try living in a van? Like, I feel like this would be really good for us. We could travel. We love to travel. We'd be together. 
So I was like, yeah, I mean, that that sounds interesting. But also in the back of my mind, I'm like, now I have to throw away my entire news career that I've been like working years towards, you know, <laughs> I finally made it to a bigger metropolitan area. Um, but it wasn't fulfilling. I love news and news in itself is a, a crazy, crazy industry. But um, there's just things happening in the news industry I wasn't happy with. And um, I think it was just a perfect time where I was like, OK, yeah, I can take a step back from news and let's try to do our own video thing, you know. So that's when we started building the van. I still working part time. And then um, with, oh, I found another part time job that would allow me to work remotely. That was the key is because I was like, okay, well, we can't live off just our hobby YouTube channel. You know, we need money to put <laughs> gas in that gas tank to travel. So I was like, let me find another part time job in order to supplement that income. So I found a part time job where I could work remotely. And then we went on the van trip. I worked remotely, did the YouTube thing, and then it kind of like the remote job just slowly got less and less and phased out, and the YouTube channel just grew and grew and just got bigger, and that's that's where we are today. <laughs> that's that's a long version of that story, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's epic. So, <clears throat> in building a channel, I guess let's let's start here. What what's some advice that you would give to someone wanting to, wanting to build a channel on YouTube today? And, and starting with like not the tactical like oh post daily like yeah like more or less like what are you creating who is it for yeah. like what does well what type of content and things do well on on YouTube right yeah I would say definitely start out with no expectations um, do it as a hobby your heart has to be in the right area in order for this to work I'm I think so. When we did it, it was like, oh, we want to just document our trip. We weren't going into it saying, oh, someday YouTube is going to pay our bills. You know, we're going to live off YouTube. It was just, hey, this is fun. Let's do it. And I think that is the first step is don't go into it thinking you're going to get millions of subscribers and, you know, make it to the top of the ranks. It's just this is a fun project that you want to do. And if stuff comes out of it, cool. Um I would say as far as like content YouTube wants to see, <laughs> I have no idea. It changes. I, every year it changes. Um, there was like a whole, I don't know if anyone has heard, there was a whole thing with like family vlog content, which is could affect us. Um, so we were doing our channel transition to family vlogs and that's what we were doing. Well, it, YouTube got fined by the government for all this stuff that they were gathering data on children that they weren't supposed to and it's this whole backstory of stuff that happened. And so what it boils down to, it will affect family vloggers and people that do kid content. And so in that aspect, it's like, okay, well, we've been doing family vlogs and child content. I would say our channel isn't child content, but there are family vloggers out there that do child content. And that content was doing really good. It was thir about 33% of YouTube's audience, which is a huge take, you know? So there's gaming, there's uh, there's everything under the sun on YouTube. It's just if your heart is in the right place and you're being authentic and people um, just kind of attach to your personality and, and ex can relate to what you've experienced and what you're making content about, I mm -hmm. think that is the key. Gotcha. I, uh, dude, I had no idea that Google <laughs> was a child data offender I feel awkward i got <laughs> gmail open right now on my computer i'm like dude i gotta, yeah. I gotta switch over to apple mail or something it, yeah it was this huge thing and they had to pay a fine and it was it, it wasn't good but i mean it it hap it's it's for the better because ultimately 
like with mm-hmm. our channel, our goal is to make sure that we're protecting our child and providing for our family. You know, we don't want to show Juniper, my daughter, we're not going to show her like bad moments or, um, you know, exploiter on thumbnails and stuff. You know, we, our channel is really just there to document our family, maybe help other families that are going through the same things as us and can relate to us. And, um, we can kind of build this community together and, um, yeah, just kind of grow from there. So you guys got 257,000 subscribers. Yeah. On YouTube, on the tube, on the tube. How did you, how did you garner an audience of that size? Um, I don't know. (laughs) No, I would say, uh, it just comes down to, I think what I said before, making content that you feel good about a caveat also like keep in the back of the mind like what youtube is want all the trends on youtube we never really tried to like do the trends on youtube quote unquote you know i would we wouldn't do like slime videos were really big at one time and yeah we tried like one or two slime video prank videos were really big you know and we did one or two prank videos but ultimately when we 90% of our videos are videos we want to make and it's just memories for us and our family but i would say to grow your audience. I think collaborations too, like I said before, is just working with people that you creatively click with and you guys kind of build a relationship and build each other up and go from there. What is a, for those that are unaware, like what does a typical YouTube collaboration kind of look like? Yeah. So I guess it depends on what kind of content you make. So we do vlogs primarily. So we have collabed with people, um, for instance, we've collabed with like a family on the East Coast. Obviously, like we're not over there. We're on the West Coast. But we did like Skype calls, you know, talking to each other and like, hey, this is so and so from this channel. They're really cool. We've been talking to them. So it's like it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like documenting starting a friendship with someone, you know, it's like mm-hmm. you don't know these people, but you know them through YouTube. And now you're kind of creating that friendship and vlog wise it's like you're just documenting hanging out with this new friend that you're making um other people do like you can do like challenges like hey let's challenge whatever youtube family and let's let's do a challenge and compete you know and make we both make a video about it um so there's there's so many different ways you could do a collab that's yeah it's unlimited (laughs) i dig that i uh so i'm curious outside of like the types of content, like let's just talk about this. So to get to 257,000 subscribers today would be extremely difficult, right? Uh, Yeah, I would. I mean, like I could never recreate our channel. I don't know if I could recreate our channel today just because YouTube has changed so much. Um, and there's just different algorithms and different things that are all going on behind the scenes. But so what's the key today? Is it consistency? Is it, is it, is the daily vlog still keen? Can that still win in today's I don't, I don't. strategy or is it more about long form, like really nice long form content that keeps people on YouTube? Or- yeah. And obviously like, I don't, I'm not YouTube and I don't know, but from what just being in the space and researching it, it feels to me with all these latest changes that YouTube wants more, professional content so for instance like on their trending page you go to their trending page just look at what's trending and that kind of gives me a gauge of what they want to see on there because the trending page is created curated by a human 
and algorithm, you know, so it's, it's someone at YouTube or a team saying, oh, this should be on the trending page. I think that's still how it is. Don't quote me, (laughs) but, um, on that page, there's like late night TV clips, you know, Jimmy Fallon, you know, more professional TV show. And I think that's the way YouTube wants to go. I think, I don't know why they would want to do that because to me, YouTube is like the raw and like, this is our daily life. And also I think daily vlogs, I want to say it was a couple months ago. Like they weren't, it didn't seem like they were getting pushed as much in the algorithm. And I think that was primarily due to creator burnout and just like not supporting the, a video every single, you know, there's some people that are pushing multiple videos a day and it's just like, uh, that gets crazy, you know? (laughs) So I think they're more pushing quality over quantity and I think in the back end, when we look at our metrics, it's like the top metrics are like watch time, you know? So your watch time is how long someone has stayed on your video and what percentage of the video they've watched. If you have a really good quality video, they're going to watch, you know, hundred percent of it. Whereas if you're just putting up random right. crappy videos, your watch time is going to be minuscule, you know? And that makes sense that you, like, no, they don't care about the numbers. They want high watch time. Why? Cause them. That means they can put more ads and right. people on their platform. Mm-hmm. And, and that's important for them to be able to go back to investors and all the key stakeholders right. and say, hey, our time on site is up, you know, yeah. 10% or whatever. That, that's be. the thing with YouTube. It's it's a creative platform, but it is also a corporation. So it, bottom line, they want to make money. It is right. a business. The bottom line is to make money. But it's also a space for creatives to come and put up their content So it gets, I mean, it's a great, I think in every creative industry, that's something you have to deal with. You know, it's like, I need to make money, but I also need to express myself creatively. Right. So. I almost feel like YouTube, the channel is maturing. Like, so first of all, it's one of the older social media platforms. And so I think it's maturing. Like it had, like, it comes from a very like punk rock DIY roots. Right. Right. It was kind of chaotic. (laughs) Yeah. Like a MySpace. Anyone could post anything. And then the DIY. DIY movement came in really hard and, mm-hmm. and it was killing it. And people were like, oh, wow, you can hop on YouTube and learn anything, right. and find anything. Right. But now it almost sounds like YouTube wants to be the in-between uh, what they were and Netflix. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, we don't yep. want a bunch of highly, ext- you know, way over-budgeted, high-produced TV shows on our right. platform. But we do want independent makers to actually be making quality, quality. Yeah, right. mini productions and of I their th- own shows and their own content. But... Yeah, at a nice level, like totally good enough for that people would want to stay on and, and watch. Yeah, and I think that's why they came out with like the YouTube originals. Mm-hmm. You know, that was when they would take creators and give them the budget and the the production equipment to make a full on TV show, basically. So, I don't know if that was successful for them. I I don't know. Some of the shows are still going, but yeah, I don't know. It YouTube is an interesting creature <laughs> and, and you're always trying to just read its mind and see the trends and then kind of s- see how that fits into your channel and how you can apply it to you. Let's talk monetization. Monetization. Bling bling, cash money. That money. Um uh, Yeah, so let, let, let me let's start here. What is your largest single source of revenue? Oh, we're getting personal. <laughs> Not numbers, just yeah, yeah, sources. Yeah. Um, 
Unless, I would, unless, you're ball, unless you got balls like that. You want to drop numbers. <laughs> Dropping numbers. You know, no. well, there's those, like, Pat Flynn, and, like, there's some people who are like, yeah, well, this month, you know. You I'm married. This, yeah. No, I would say our biggest source of income right now is through brand partnerships. Okay. So it's not – let me go through, like, the ways you can get paid through YouTube. You get paid through views, which is the ads that pop up and annoy you, and you have to push skip now, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't skip them. They'll sometimes, pay us. Sometimes they're good. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, they're yeah, because they're collecting data on you. <laughs> and then they can show you ads that you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so you get money through those. And then you can get money through brand partnerships, which is our largest source of income. Um, and that's basically a brand reaches out to you. So, like, Canon. You know, we've worked with Canon. Canon said, hey, we want you to feature our new M50. It's a great vlogging camera, you know. Um, and then we incorporate it into our video and there's different ways you can do it. You can do it as just like a shout out, like, Hey, here's Canon's camera. Go check it out. Link in the description. You can do a full dedicated video, like a review of the camera. Um, but that is our primary source of income is like working with brands, reaching out to us and we create content for them and shout out their products. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get paid through merchandising. We've done like shirts before. Um, and then it's really just diversifying, like, getting paid on different social media platforms so we do instagram and that has actually it's been amazing being able excuse me it's been amazing to be able to diversify our income through those different platforms so that's fantastic so it sounds like you got four or five different sources of income majority of that income coming from brand partnerships right uh what is the what does YouTube ad revenue look like today? I don't think it's ever really been like amazing, um, but I'm, I'm curious. So like, what do you mean? So like, you, is it still viable to like, to make money? I mean, you guys got 257,000 subscribers. I, you got yeah. videos that have 2 million views from two years ago, 3.3 uh, yeah. million, 5.6 million views from two years ago. Those videos. I would say it's definitely, um, it's definitely, you're definitely able to live off of ad revenue um, if you're bringing in those huge numbers. I would say most YouTubers don't. Right. It's like so. If you're starting a YouTube channel, you should probably most definitely not rely on ad revenue from no. the platform being your source of revenue. Yeah, you should definitely try to figure out either your own merch store or brand, brand partnerships. partnerships. Yeah, ad revenue is basically like, oh, cool, I got a bonus on my paycheck. You know, like gotcha. It, it, it's awesome to have that extra money, but don't count on it. So obviously those are the revenue sources. How are you? So if brand partnerships are your largest source of revenue, how are you getting these brand partnerships? Are they reaching out to you? Are you yeah. reaching out to them? Yeah. So we actually, I would say our channel is a little different in that aspect. So we've been lucky enough, thank God, that most of the time, I would say 85% of the time, brands are reaching out to us. 85 to 90% of the time, brand, we're getting emails from brands, from marketing agencies saying, hey, I have this brand. We think it'd be a great fit, you know. Um, so all of that is incoming to us. We have, we are on a couple of different pop- platforms. There's like FameBit and Open Influence, all these different influencer marketing platforms where you can apply for brand partnerships, which... Those are helpful, you know, if you're having a slow month. It's like, okay, let's apply for some brands, you know. Right. But, yeah, I would say our channel is a little different because we try to shoot our integrations as professionally as possible. So there's some – there's there's a, 
a million ways you could do brand integrations, but some people just say, hey, here's this product, you know, go check it out. It's just kind of still in the vlog. And we've done these before, too. It's like a vlog camera, shaky footage, you know, you're in your day, just talk about the product. Um, but there, a lot of the time we try to make it aesthetically pleasing and a really great, great footage that the brand could use. There's been times where the brand has said, hey, like, we also want to license your footage, which that's another income source is brands wanting to license your footage for different things like their website, their their mm-hmm. social media profiles. So we really try to make sure that our integrations are as professional as we can possibly do them. And it might look a little different because our vlog style is very raw and just holding a camera and talking to it, you know, and then, uh, so we try to do our integrations at the beginning, more of like a pre-roll. So it's like, okay, here's an ad and it's shot very differently and then goes into the vlog, you know? So I would say that kind of sets us apart a little bit. I don't know. I dig that. We used to, um, I'll have to show you some video after this real quick, but it's also really cool. I think when people do like, it's just a vlog and then in the, and it's very, raw and then in the middle of the vlog all of a sudden it just gets super cinematic Uh, yeah it's like boom cue cinematics and then it's just like eating a cheeseburger and all of a sudden it's a mcdonald's you don't even realize it's an ad until you're like oh it's an ad yeah it's like mcdonald's and it's like boom back to our trip exactly yeah (laughs) no totally and it's we don't we don't generally do that i think we really try to separate like this is an ad and this is the content just so we don't confuse the view you know and our view i think our viewers understand like these ads are making it possible for us to create this content. You know, we are, we are creating videos for free. Technically they don't have to pay anything, you know, they just have to either watch this ad. You can even skip through it. You can click the link. No one got mad at Seinfeld because they had ads. (laughs) Exactly. It's funny nowadays people get mad at, Oh, right. I don't want to watch their YouTube. Right. And I think you realize that's how these people. Exactly. And I think over the last like year or so, just recently, people have started to understand like, okay, ads are a part of this. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. I am supporting this person just by sitting here and, you know, and watching the ad. And sometimes uh, we really try to promote products that our audience would like, you know, we don't try to promote things that are completely irrelevant to the people watching our videos. We have a general idea of who our audience is. And sometimes it's stuff that's really helpful and that we didn't even, so for instance, one time we worked with like this, it was like an insurance pharmacy card or something. And I was like, what? I don't, I don't know if we can do that. Like, I don't know if people are going to be interested in that. And so then I was researching, I researched it, you know, I tried it out before we promoted it. And I was like, wait, I'm actually like saving a ton of money at the pharmacy, like going and getting my prescriptions with this thing. So that was like one of our brands where I was like, should we do this? I don't even know if this is going to fit with our audience, but then I tried it and I was like, Oh yeah. Like there's going to be people out there. And that was actually one of our more successful integrations because people were like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. You know, I'm saving so much money. So I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> that's, I think that's the, <clears throat> so I think anyone that has a real brand is going to be very careful about what type of partnerships and integrations they do. Right. And with that said, Ideally, I think the easiest way to win with integrations with brands and sponsors and ads is to to just provide value for your community. If that sponsorship or integration is a really valuable thing, like this card that allows people like 
Every farm, every family goes to the pharmacy. Right. Kids get sick. Exactly. Every family would love to save money. Kids are expensive. And right. So obviously, and I didn't, I didn't think of that. It, like at first, I was like, "What is this even like going to fit with our audience?" You know. And then after trying it, I was like, "Oh shoot! Actually, I'm saving a lot of money. This could probably help people." So yeah, it was interesting. That's rad. What's been, uh, what's been one of the hardest parts about? running a YouTube channel full time is like a career. Uh, actually not the, not even just the hardest. Let's start with the best. The let's best. Start, let's start, let's with, start the with the positive. Yeah. Let's start with the positive. This is what you love about yeah. it. But then like anything else, there are cons. Right. And, like, what are some of the downsides? I would say the best is that I get to be with my family every single day, you know, flashback to what I said about working in the news industry where thank God we didn't have kids at that time, but, I wasn't with my wife at all, you know, and now that I have kids that would have killed me to be away for that amount of time from my kid. And now I'm kind of spoiled because I get to be with my daughter and soon to be son (laughs) every single day. And that's the most amazing thing. And we, we get to all be a part of our, it's our family business. It's like the 21st century small farm you know there was back then there was a small family farm and the whole family pitched in and like worked on the farm this is kind of like our little farm in a way it's our little project and we all get to pitch in and help out so that i think would be the best thing it's it's your digital experience farm yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's it's our little mini animal farm (laughs) um that's no that's that's so beautiful I'm, i'm always curious like what on like some of the downsides of of doing a family YouTube channel. Yeah. Um the downsides I would say obviously the thing that comes to most people's minds and this is a huge downside is privacy. Mm. So we it it's very public when we were daily vlogging. It was you're shooting a video every single day of your life, you know, it's gonna show real moments of your life and you don't have that much privacy. There's there's so much out there about me and Kelsey on the internet that it's like, I try not to think about it because it kind of freaks me out. But that is one thing you're sacrificing is your privacy. And that is a huge downside for us because Kelsey and I are actually very private people. Like we are more introverted rather than extroverted. And we like to have our own, you know, privacy. And Mm -hmm. the way we kind of balance that is we, I, I am, editing the videos. So some YouTubers have an editor, you know, and they, they, that's awesome. They go and edit their videos and the YouTuber just shoots them. Whereas I am editing the video. So I get to control what I shoot, what I edit, what gets put online. And that kind of helps us keep our privacy because we are controlling what's going out there. Right. It's not like I'm turning on a camera. Everything I film with that camera is going up online. So, um, that is really nice. Um, do you think privacy is going to be something like privacy is, a, is such an interesting topic, right? <laughs> I know. Like we, live especially a, with our generation, right? We used to have privacy and, and, and we highly valued privacy for so, so long. Right. But given the current landscape, it's, it's almost seems like it's becoming less and less important, but almost right. m- way more important too. At the yeah. same time in this weird way, it's like I know. privacy is more important than it's ever been. <laughs> But it's also like at the who cares like, exactly at, at some point privacy like 
everyone's going to probably be YouTubing in life. And, and, and right. it's just like, what was privacy in the first place? No one, I guess no one has anything to hide anymore because people no. are just judgmental yeah. maybe. So what does it matter? Yeah. And you can't really hide anything. So like, for instance, the <laughs> DNA stuff that's happening with like ancestry.com or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if your second cousin's brother, like killed someone, it's going to be connected some way through your DNA. You know, like you can't get out of anything these days because there's there's some way it's going to get back to you whether your digital footprint or your dna stuff so like for me it's like okay i have nothing to hide really so go ahead you know and that's kind of how i justify putting so much of our life online it's like i don't have anything to hide like this is me you know if if you don't like me then don't watch the video or just go you know it, it doesn't really matter so that kind of helps with losing so much privacy. It's like, well, mm -hmm. this is me. I'm not going to hide anything. So if you don't like it, I don't know. <laughs> How many years have you guys been doing this? Uh, I want to say four years. Four, four years? Four or five years. That's impressive. It should say in our about. Guys, <laughs> four or five years. You could be buying a house. Have your that, little farm, do your thing with your family. That was a huge goal for us. That's huge. It's That's to, awesome. Yeah, to buy a house in the area where we grew up, like in a nice neighborhood. And that was a huge, huge accomplishment. Like that was a moment where I was like, okay, like this was all worth it. You know, like we, your that family was a, and everyone's like, oh, he's got a, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that is a, that's a good, good point because like a lot of the time your family and friends and like people that know you, they're like, okay, you're just messing around making videos. Like go get a real job, you know, like go, I don't know, provide for your family. And it's like, well, you don't realize like I'm working probably more than a 12 hour day, but I get to be with my family and we're all working together, you know? Right. Um, but it's, it is a real job. <laughs> it, it's, it's a, it's a new age, real job. We are, we are a marketing agency. We're an ad agency. We're a video production company. We're, you know, we're a, a post-production company. We're doing all of this stuff. It's just compounded into our little family business right so there's a little media company uh, yeah dude, I, I, dude, I just i love dude 2019 man 2020 is gonna be epic i know uh i just love just seeing the renaissance that we're living in yeah seeing how many creative ways are now available to create a career to make a, living, make a living to do yeah. something that you enjoy to to get outside of the status quo it's so right. freaking rad yeah and i think that is one of the best things about being on social media and making a living is like back when i i've always been creative you know ever since i was little i was filming with the vcr camera that went on your shoulder you know or but all all throughout my childhood i've been making videos and doing photography and being creative but there came a time where i was like am I going to be able to do this? Like, I can't do this my whole life. Right. You know, this was back when I was like 10, 12, you know, when you're doing school and like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always wanted to be a film director. You know, I always wanted to do film. And I think just in, I don't know if this would be possible with any other generation where we could literally be creative, do what we want and make a living and be successful and provide for your family. You know, a huge inspiration for me was a photographer growing up. She taught me everything, Shannon Wilsey. Um, and she was the first person that I knew that was just a photographer shooting weddings, you know, living, doing her, living her dream and supporting her family. And that was such an inspiration. And then just kind of went from there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's insane how cool of a life that you can create for yourself just by, totally 
being your weird little self. You know what I mean? Just like doing you. Just like running your own little family lights farm. Your whole, like whatever lights your soul on fire, just do that. And there's like, you'd be surprised how many totally. odd ways there are to somehow monetize something that you're really into. If you choose to do that. Totally. We're coming up on time. So I normally end these podcasts by having our guests share some words of wisdom with the AOV community, some words of inspiration. So whenever oh, you get no. a moment on the spot, feel free to uh, just give some advice and you can keep it around YouTube if you want, or you could just make it in general, just in artists. General. Obviously you've been through a lot. Like you are the audience, you are a creator, you forged right. your path, you created your, your life and yeah. you know, if you were speaking to a crowd full of people like yourself, what would you say to them? <laughs> uh, wow. Pressure's on. Um, I don't know. I think something that I've been struggling with recently and might help people out there. And I don't know why this is a recent thing, but creative confidence. So like having the confidence in your creativity that it is good enough, you know, good enough to share. So doing YouTube, it's really tricky. Like, okay, I'm just going to throw up a vlog and like randomly film it, you know, all raw. But it's like, I also want to do professional videos that look really nice and cinematic. So I think just having the creative confidence of believing in your work and that you can do different types of work and still be creatively confident in it. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of like what's been going on in my head recently is having the confidence in my creative work. It's, it's, dude, I love it. I love it. Creative <laughs> confidence. Yeah. It's getting past resistance. You know, exactly. You are good enough. There's no such thing as perfection. It's art. Totally. Get it out. Ship, 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 <laughs> ship, ship, ship. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much yeah, for coming on for the show. Me. It's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, what is your Instagram channel? Instagram is Corbin Adam Scott, my name. My wife says Kels Emily Scott. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then if you just search the, the Wander family, YouTube is Kelsey and Corbin. Just recently changed it from the Wander family. Yep. But if you just search the Wander family, yeah, it'll pop it'll up. Pop up. Uh, full name on Instagram. I'll make sure to link to their handles and the show notes. Thank you guys very much for listening to another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. Make sure to subscribe. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere. There are podcasts. You will find the AOV podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and stay tuned for the next episode.